If you're over 50 years of age, you remember a famous show that came on Saturdays years ago. It was called The American Sportsman. And uh, it always said, this is Kurt Gowdy and the American Sportsman. And it came on and uh, there was a guy reeling in a great big marlin and he was jumping. And it said, the thrill of victory. And then it had a guy coming down the ski slope to ski jump. He's coming down and he leaps and he makes a wrong landing and he starts flipping. He falls off the track, skis or everywhere, runs over people. And it said, or the agony of defeat. And I remember that, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And as we look into Joshua tonight for a moment, that is really the, the theme of every Bible character. And so the reason God puts them in the Bible is so we see how they got victory and what they did after they received victory. It's not just getting it, but what do we do once we have the victory? That's important. And then the agony of defeat. What caused defeat in their lives? And then how do we handle defeat properly? Right now in Las Vegas, I'm not going to announce, I mean I heard, but right now there is one locker room. Grown men are hugging each other. There's bottles of champagne spurting everywhere. They have opened their lockers. They have taken the hats that say world champions and they've got them on their heads and they're dancing with strangers and they're shouting and they're doing selfies and they're on the field and the, and the confetti's coming down. The party's just beginning. In the other locker room, let me just video it for you. Let me do a selfie. Here it is. That's the other locker room. Both don't have the thrill of victory. It's either one or the other. So what do you do when you're the victorious team? And what do you do when you're the second place winner? <laughs> These days there's no losers, you know. You, you still get a trophy for effort. You didn't lose, you just came in second. And so all throughout the Bible we see this. I want us just to see this for a few moments and... Uh, Here's a little of the background of uh, Joshua himself. He's the one we believe that wrote the book of Joshua, 24 chapters. A little background. He was the servant of Moses. Uh, God always takes servants and turns them into leaders. If we cannot follow, we cannot lead. And Moses was called, uh, Joshua was called Moses' minister. And Jesus said the greatest of these are the servant. And so here's Joshua. He was a servant. The Bible said uh, he, uh, he went up to the top of the mountain uh, with Moses. He was also one of the 12 spies when they spied out Canaan. And he brought back a good report. He was in the, my, the minority. Uh, two brought back a good report. We can, we can win this battle. God says so. Ten brought back an evil report. So there's Joshua. He was criticized. Uh, he was in the minority. Who was this guy, Joshua? Because of the judgment of God, Joshua had to wander 40 more years in the wilderness with all the non-believers. Uh, the ten spies turned the hearts of the Israelites. 
God was upset and said, you spied out the land 40 days, you'll be wandering in the wilderness 40 years. So he had to suffer because of the sins of someone else. Isn't that the principle of sin? Oftentimes someone sins and we suffer because of their sins. And so here's Joshua wandering around the wilderness. Uh, He's this leader. He's a servant. And then uh, he's the one that God picked to fill the shoes of Moses. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Joshua, arise and lead the children of Israel to the promised land. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I would not want to be the next Moses, would you? Here's Moses. He's the one that walked on top of the mountain. God spoke to him face to face. He's the one God took stone and wrote the Ten Commandments. He's the one that spoke and water came out of the rock. He's the one that uh, led a million people across this uh, uh, sea that opened up. What a man. Then Moses went to heaven. Then God says, Joshua, you take over. I think I'd rather take over for a failure instead of someone like a Moses. But that was Joshua. You said, well, pastor, what is this book about? And we'll highlight it just quickly in a moment. But the entire book simply reveals victory and defeat. Victory and defeat. And that's what our lives are all about. Sometimes we've got victories. Relationships are going great. Sometimes relationships are going poorly. Sometimes our health is doing great. Victory. Sometimes it's defeat. Sometimes everyone we witness to gets saved. Sometimes no one we witness to gets saved. It seems like victory or defeat. And notice, we can have victory one day and have defeat the next. That's, that's what they did in Israel. We can have defeat one day and God can give us victory the next. It's just highs and lows and that's just a part of the Christian life. I love the book of Joshua. Let's look down, if you will, please, for a few moments. We'll see just two episodes. We'll see the victory and we'll see the defeat and what Joshua did on each of these occasions. Look over here, please, in Joshua chapter 5. And we'll look down in verse number 13. And here's just a recap quickly. So Moses has passed away. Uh, here is the promised land or Israel. And uh, God told Joshua to cross over the Jordan River. They've, uh, they've just done that. And now they see an enemy fortress, if you will, Jericho. A, a city that looks unstoppable. Wide city walls. They said several chariots could ride around the walls of Jericho. Tall city walls. Uh, 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 big defensiveness. Or defense. Big. Anyway, it was hard to get into that place. And so they cross over and that's the first thing they see is a battle. And oftentimes that's the way it is in the Christian life. We get saved and we say, boy, this is great. I'm going to heaven. And then there's this major battle right there. And so Joshua is out praying. Uh, it's, it's time to do battle with the enemy. Notice in verse 13, I love it. And it came to pass, 5.13, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there, was a, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. 
And Joshua did so. What's that mean? Joshua comes, uh, he sees Jericho in the distance. He's out praying because he lifts up his eyes and he sees this soldier. You know who that soldier was? He said, I'm the captain of the Lord of hosts. I'm the captain of the hosts of heaven, the armies of heaven. That was nonetheless an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. Because he said, the ground your own is holy. Take off your shoes and worship. Jesus demands our worship and deserves our worship. He wasn't an angel. Angels are not worship. Jesus always shows up before we have a battle in our lives. He says, you're not going into this battle alone. I'll be going into this battle with you. So let me remind you as you leave today, whatever battles you're facing starting Monday, you have the captain of the Lord of hosts on your side, working with you and doing battle with you and for you. So here's Joshua. Jesus gives him this assurance. Now here's the battle plan. Here's what God says. Joshua 6 verse 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I've given into thine hand Jericho. I'm giving it to you. And the king thereof and the mighty men of valor, ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war. Go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. The seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. Uh, that's the horns off of rams or goats, male goats, that blow into them trumpets. And the uh, seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. So 13 loops around the city, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, uh, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. What a plan. Can you imagine if we did that to the city of Napa starting tomorrow? Our whole church just started marching around the city of Napa. We had ram's horns. Imagine after a while we'd be making the newspaper. And people say, what are you doing? We're conquering the city of Napa. It looked strange. Sometimes God's battles are fought differently than the way we think battles ought to be fought. Because it's all by faith. God's got a plan. Sometimes his plans don't make sense to us. But he said, this way, I get all the glory. It's not your swordsmanship. It's not your aim. It's me. I'm the one that gives the victory. So now we see in Joshua uh, chapter number uh, 6 and looking down into verse 18. He says, don't take anything from the city. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest uh, ye make yourselves accursed. When you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So God says, now when the walls fall down, don't take any of the gold or silver. It's mine. Put it into the temple, the church treasury house. I'll give you yours later, but I get mine first. And that's what tithing is. Tithing is God gets the first fruits of all of our increase. So Jericho was actually a symbol of honoring and glorifying God and really even applies to tithing. So he said, you'll be cursed if you take it. Make sure that I get all the gold. That's what God said. And so it comes uh, to find out uh, they had victory and it worked. They marched around the city. The walls fell down flat. There's a song. 
Joshua and the walls of Jericho, Jericho, you know, and the walls came tumbling down. And, and uh, it's a children's song, maybe it's quite. Yeah, anyway, it's a good song. And, and so it happened just like God said. The walls came down. We've been to Jericho. We've actually been in those ruins when we went on our Israel trip. And they're there. And so what happened? They went in just like God said. They defeated the people. They had victory. Now let me encourage you. When God gives you a victory financially, an answer to prayer, a soul, a great day in your class, just a great week, some blessings you didn't expect. There's a couple things you want to do. One thing you want to do is shout and praise him. Because it said, before the walls came down, guess what they did? They shouted. A shout is always a victory cry. It's like at a football game when someone spikes the ball. You know, it's the shout. Uh, shouting or praising God is actually faith. It's saying, we know you're going to give the victory. And that's what they did in advance. So give him the victory. Number two, uh, walk humbly. You want to always walk humbly. It's not far from victory to defeat. It's not very far. You can be on top side. You can be winning the game one minute and losing the game the next minute. You can be uh, blessed one moment. You can be defeated the next. And so here's the victory. Joshua has victory. Uh, They've obeyed the Lord. Everything's great. You ever been there? I've been there before. I've had some victories and and I've had some blessings. Now notice, notice, and probably here's, here's where we need to be careful here. Someone said it's only two times you have to be cautious as a Christian. One, when you're having victory. Two, when you're having defeat. That's the only two times you need to be cautious. How come? Victory, we get proud. Maybe that was me. It was a pretty good shot. You see that guy on top of the wall? Yeah, I took him out. Uh, uh, see, And sometimes we start strutting when really it was all God. It was all God. So notice the very next chapter, we see defeat. We see it, and then I'll illustrate in just a moment. Look down, please, in Joshua 7. I'm not going to keep you long. I really appreciate you being here tonight. I know it's been a long day and this and that. But Joshua 7, look at this. The the chapter starts out with the word, but. So here they are, chapter 6. They're shouting, B-I-C-T-R. However you spell it. Uh, Give me a V. You know, they got the cheerleaders cheering and they're crying and and they got their pom-poms and high five. I mean, this shout is victory. The very next chapter, notice what it says. God saw this, but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. If you'll study it, it's kind of a weird verse. It says the children of Israel committed a trespass. It, It it sounded like the whole nation stole gold and silver and they, uh, they took it and hid it. Get this, one person. One person out of the whole nation stole. His name was Achan. His name means trouble. Or, or he was stoned in the valley of trouble. But get this, God, God looked and he said, hey, your nation has sinned. Wait, wait a minute, I didn't take it. But God looked at it like one of you did. Your whole nation is cursed. So here's a great thought for each of us. Anytime there is a defeat in our family, in our relationships, in our church, in uh, in a ministry, 
in our business, in any area that we touch, we ought to always say, what did I do wrong? I wonder what part I had in that. What did I overlook? Because it said Israel, Israel has sinned. It didn't say, anytime we have a teenager that goes wayward and goes off into the deep end, it ought not be, I can't believe he did that. It ought to be, what could I have done to have prevented that? Man, we had a new convert here. They were coming so faithful and now they don't even go to church. Uh, What did I do wrong? Uh, What was it that I could have done to have prevented that? You kind of see right there, if we would each take a little of the blame, maybe we'd prevent some people from straying. Now you help me. The battle's going on. Swords are being uh, 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 swung. And Achan is picking up gold and silver. Did anyone see him? It's a daytime battle. Don't you think someone saw him? Don't you think when he brought it in his tent, his wife maybe saw him when he cut a hole in the floor and started digging dirt out of their tent? His wife saw him. His kids saw him. Some fellow soldier saw him. Nobody said anything. Someone should have said, hey, Aiken, didn't you hear the announcement? Put that back. We don't want to be defeated. Put that back. Maybe no one said anything. We don't know, but it says they trespassed. Look down in verse three. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, because uh, God says, I want you to, uh, to defeat the uh, city of Ai. Now, Ai, little uh, city, Ai, two letters. Verse three, and they reported, uh, excuse me, returned to Joshua, said unto him, let not all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up. Now remember, before all of the army went up in the battle of Jericho, now they're saying, let's just bring two or 3,000 in this battle. So guess what they're doing? They're changing the game plan. The game's going good. Things are working. There's victory. And they decided to change the game plan. Look a little bit further. Verse uh, 5. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men. This is the first time Israel has had any deaths in their battles. And I know that sounds strange in our American wars, Vietnam, World War II, World War I and Korea and all these things, a lot of deaths. But when Israel was fighting for God and they obeyed him, nobody died. Can you imagine how fearful the enemy soldiers must have been when the spears bounced off of them? Or their spears were heading right for them and somehow they missed the men did not die as long as they were obedient to the Lord. It's, it was his protection. And so they're used to having no deaths, no deaths, no deaths, no deaths. Now 36 men are killed in battle. 36 widows. 36 groups of children are now fatherless. Their first defeat ever. What happened? Look and see what Joshua did. Verse number six, and I love this. What do you do when you're going through defeat? You're caught off guard and you say, how did this happen? Maybe it's a personal defeat. Maybe no one knows about it, but you're defeated. Uh, You let your guard down. Something, something you did, some sin, some habit. Maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's a family defeat. Maybe it, maybe it's a, 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 a statewide defeat. But notice verse six, and Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord. Until the evening tide, he and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. 
Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ or surround us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord God said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? You know, I love that. Get thee up. So next time you know someone who's defeated, say the Bible thing. Get thee up. Don't say get, get thee up. Put that word thee in there. Verse 11, Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them for they even uh, have even taken of the accursed thing. Verse 13, up, get up, sanctify the people. So quickly here, why did they have defeat? Uh, just in conclusion, several things. Number one, they thought they could change the plan and still have victory. Churches all over America somehow are trying to change things. I'm not talking about the carpet. I'm not talking about the pews. But I'm talking about philosophy, yes. direction, the Bible, all the types of music. Music, you can't even understand the words. And, and uh, uh, halftime shows like the Super Bowl, it looks uh, like some people's church. I mean, just, just strange things. And you wonder, what are they doing? They've changed some things. Secondly, they forgot to seek counsel from the Lord. In the battle of Jericho, it's the captain of the Lord of hosts. He gives counsel, advice, and direction to Joshua. In Ai, they just head right into battle, never ask him for his help. See how easy it is to go from victory to defeat? We, we beg him for help for a victory. The next time, I got it. And then defeat comes. And then third... They did not deal with personal sin. As you look at this chapter, they find out who stole this gold and silver, Achan. They brought Achan, and I'm not saying we would do this these days. It's just what they did. They brought Achan out to this valley. Achan's wife, Achan's children, Achan's animals, Achan's tent, everything he possessed, and they stoned him. It was extreme. Everyone in that family died and they, it was so many rocks that piled up and covered them. Joshua said, you have troubled the nation of Israel. Now you will be troubled. Now that doesn't mean we're supposed to stone everybody we know because some of them are already stoned. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is this. We ought to be extreme in dealing with our sins. And patient toward others. A Pharisee, all they spot is other people's sins. A mature person looks in the mirror and, say, and says, look how bad I've sinned. Amen. And so they dealt with extremes here. Not only that. Well, I'll give you this. Years ago, when we were getting ready to build our building out here. We had to go to the, to the city fathers or the building department. Back then you'd go to the building department, you'd submit your plans, and they would have a meeting. The mayor would be there and all of the city council. It'd be on like a Monday or a Tuesday night. We had to appear, we got 10 minutes with a PowerPoint to say, here's what we're wanting to build, here's our thoughts, here's why we need this.
And then any of the neighbors within 500 feet of our facility could show up at the meeting too. They got a notice and they could air their, their, their opinions or their concerns. So I'll never forget, it's my first uh, building department meeting. We had uh, a majority of the people there. Uh, we packed that little room out and, uh, and we're ready to build a building. And so one neighbor stood up and said, you're trying to do too much on too little. Y'all need to move to a bigger location. And then someone else sat down and they said, too many people are speeding down the street. We don't like all that. And they went on and on and on. And they said, this is going to be right across the street from our house. We don't want to stare at a church in a parking lot. And on and on and on they went. Well, about that time, the mayor said, well, pastor, you want to just withdraw your, your plans and work out all the issues with the neighbors? What would you like to do? I said, let's vote. I said, we have all of our people here. I think we just need a vote. We're good to go. And so city council, no, 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 yes. I couldn't believe it. They said, you're dismissed. And as we were walking out, we were just numb. It was like we got punched in the stomach or something. And one of our men looked at me and said, pastor, what just happened? I said, I don't know. <laughs> They wanted us to work on our relationship with our neighbors. And God used that. We got to meet the neighbors and had to work through their concerns. And I get, I get it. But I'm just saying, sometimes defeats come and you just don't see where it came from. You say, Pastor, what normally do we do when we feel defeated? I want to give you this just quickly. What do we do? Or what should we do? Number one, we ought to go to God. Joshua said, Lord, we just buried 36 men. What do I do? He held on to the altar and he spent time with the Lord. He poured out his heart. He said, I don't know why this has happened, but we look foolish to the enemy. Lord, help us. And then Joshua listened. He not only poured out, by the way, sometimes when we get defeated, we say things we should probably never say to the Lord. It wasn't God's fault. They were defeated. It was their fault. And then he listened to the Lord. How do we listen? God's word, preaching of God's word, God's music, and so forth. Second thing, he wanted to quit. He wanted to quit. The easiest time to quit is right after a defeat. And we all have them from time to time. I still remember we had a big day years ago. I'll make the story short. I had just heard someone says, Pastor, if you want a big crowd of people, have Barney. He just came out. It's this purple dinosaur. I said, who? Never heard of the guy. Barney. And they said if Barney came to our church, everybody and their brother would show up. Well, I asked Miss Brown. I found a picture of Barney the dinosaur. I said, can you make us a Barney? She did. Pink. I had no idea. He was purple. I'd, yeah, I'd never seen him. So then we had to dye him purple. And I remember we ran off a little flyer and it said 1030, big day, hot dogs, food, children's classes, Bible message, Barney will be there. Well, somehow the 1030 and the Barney will be there got too close. So somehow everyone thought Barney would be there at 1030. Barney wasn't coming until noon. 
And I'll never forget, all the Barney worshipers were in the front yard here. We had a yard out here about 8.30. Barney, 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 Barney. They've got their beer. They've got their marijuana. They've got not a lot of clothes on. Barney, Barney. You know, it's in the spring. It's warm. And about 300 people just sitting out on the lawn, starting to chant a chance to Barney. I'm walking up saying, hey, I'm the pastor. Barney's going to be here at noon. He's not coming right now. Barney, Barney, get away from me, sir. Barney, Barney. I said, he won't be here to... And, and, and they shoot me away. None of them would come inside of the church for the church service. We had this big day trying to get people to church. They didn't come for church. They came for Barney. And I remember people, people were cussing. They were angry. They sat in that hot sun an hour and a half. Finally, I've never been so glad to see a dinosaur in my life. When Barney flipped out of the back of that station wagon, I almost hugged him. And all the little kids started worshiping him and hugging him and pictures with him. And there he was. Well, that afternoon, we had a church answer machine at that time. And I remember just listening to the messages. We were here for an hour. You guys lied. Uh, we were here for two hours. There was no point. Well, they didn't wait till noon. Oh, all these mean messages on the answer machine. I felt so bad. I just felt like we're just going to lock the doors, burn the building down. We have failed. You know, Satan can take one failure. One failure. That doesn't last for eternity. And almost get you to quit over that. Be careful at times of failure. You say something you shouldn't. You do something you shouldn't. You go somewhere where you shouldn't. Uh, 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 you uh, 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 a backslide for a season. Guess what God said to Joshua? He said, get thee up. So what's God say to you? Get thee up. Get up. There's more life to live. Get up. There's next year. Get up. There'll be another Super Bowl. Get up. You're not finished. God's not done with you. Just get up. Get up. You search through this book, you'll find a lot of people who had a defeat. And then they just got back up. You name them. Moses. David. The Apostle Paul. Three men that wrote most of the Bible, all three had murdered somebody. Get thee up. Woman at the well, five marriages. Get thee up. Rahab the harlot, she helped save her family in the city of Jericho. Get thee up. And then look at this and we're finished. Joshua chapter number eight, if you will. Well, Pastor, what do you do to get over this hurt and the numbness? I have failed or I'm defeated and, and I never saw it coming. What do you do? Look down here, please, in Joshua 8 and verse number 30. Joshua 8, 30. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. He built an altar to pray. Uh, verse 31, he had stones. Verse number 32, and he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses. Verse 34, afterward he read all the words of the law. So what did he do? Here's the two big things. Get back at it. Get back at it. You went soul winning and you failed. Get back at it. You said the wrong thing. Get back at it. Get this. Get, th get this. 
I was at a funeral this year in the last six months. And I didn't know a lot of people at the funeral. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this thing going. I'm trying to warm up the crowd. And out of my mouth comes a joke. I'm at a funeral. I'm at a funeral, Brother Chris. I know. I know. And I said, what have I done? They're going to kill me. I meant, well, I was trying. So what's the Lord say? Get thee up. Why? Because they're going to knock you down. You better, you better, you better get, get down. I shouldn't have said, as soon as I said it, one person laughed and I went, oh, brother. That didn't go over. So what'd you do? During the prayer, I left, man. I got to get thee up. You taught a Sunday school class and you found out you mispronounced the word the whole time. Simon the leaper. It's, it's leper. It's not leaper. Book of Psalms or job. And then you find out later, or one of the little Sunday school kids who's been in church their whole life corrects you. Just get up. Get up. You're given the Romans road. You're trying to witness and you get all mixed up. Just get thee up. Someone says, Pastor, what if I use the wrong verses witnessing? No one's going to stop and correct you and say, don't you know how to lead me to the Lord? They've never heard this before. You're the best Bible scholar that there is, that they know. Get thee up. And then second, extra Bible. Joshua said, I know what I missed out on. God told me this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. I would have success if I spent a lot of time in this book and talked about this book. I've not been doing it. That's why we're defeated. So now that we're getting back at it, I'm going to get back in this book and even build an altar. That's what he did. Amen. Defeat is not permanent. Victory is not permanent. If you're having victorious days, thank God. Point to him. Give him the glory. But walk humbly. You're having defeated days, get back up, join the crowd. We've all been there. 